you're not in this alone. Like you've got the universe supporting you. And if you're not sure one way or another, and you want to know that you're really being divinely guided, then ask for that confirmation. And it Mm -hmm. doesn't even just need to be one. It can be two, three, until you know that you know that you know that that's the path that you're meant to be on. You've gotten great at divine working, but what about divine living? Welcome to the Divine Living Podcast. I'm your host, Gina DeVee. You're not alone in wanting more. And here at the Divine Living Podcast, you can expect to be part of conversations from women like us who unapologetically dream big and are obsessed with manifesting our most fabulous lives. The conversation starts now. My beautiful queen, hello and welcome to the Divine Living Podcast. I have a super special episode for you today with my new friend, Sydney Latwako of The Bachelor, for all of you who love, love, love all things Bachelor Nation. She was kind enough to have me on her podcast, and she just is such a great interviewer. I thought I would share here at the Divine Living Podcast what our conversation was, and then we're creating part two of this series, and then you'll get to hear me interview her. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Gina, welcome to the podcast. I'm very excited that you are here back on stateside. How are you today? Oh, I'm so great, Sydney, and I'm so looking forward to being with you. I just landed from Italy, but it's good to be back in Miami. I love that. Um, Well, welcome to the podcast. I finished your book last night, and I was going over a little bit this morning, so I'm excited to talk to you about all of the queen things, because I want to center a lot of our conversation around that. But before we get into all of that, I want to ask you my initial questions, just to kind of get to know you a little bit more. So I asked Mm -hmm. everyone this first question. It's kind of like a show and tell. You don't have to have the item, but anything that you have that's interesting from either your nightstand, surprising, or kind of with an interesting backstory. What did you bring, Gina? I don't know if it's going to be surprising, but I find it essential for queenhood. Um, I have a silk eye mask on my nightstand. Um, The one I'm using right now is... uh, from Skin Worldwide, if anyone wants to know the exact one. Mm. Um, And it's this like champagne, rose-colored, silky pink eye mask that just feels so good when I sleep. And when I block out all light, I just have a much deeper sleep. Um, Also, like this is almost no jet lag. So I I love a good night's rest. Yeah, that's impressive, especially coming from Italy to here. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I love a silk sleeping thing. I just got uh, my boyfriend and I silk pillowcases. Um, Mm -hmm. I was sold them by someone on TikTok, but basically it's silk on one side and it has like linen on the bottom side. So you put your hand on it. It doesn't feel like a silk pillowcase and it's so lovely. I do need to probably invest in an eye mask though, because he goes to bed earlier than I do. And then he Mm -hmm. insists on keeping his phone face up. So whenever he gets like emails or texts at 3am or whatever time he's getting them, the whole room will light up with this beautiful blue light that drives me insane. So I need to invest in that. So I'm going to link that for everyone below. Are you a like a eight to 10 sleeper? Like what's a queen sleep schedule like? Yeah, I have a few non-negotiables as a queen. And one of them is I'm never tired. It's just, um, I just can't function without great sleep. So eight to nine hours, I would say it's just a complete non-negotiable for me. That's how I feel too. (laughs) And again, my boyfriend's like a five hour guy and I'm like, I need more rest than that. And I know Mm -hmm. that I'm going to prioritize that. (laughs) You do what you need. 
yeah, mm-hmm. it's so necessary. Like if I'm not having enough sleep, I feel like I'm either hungover or the day is kind of ruined the next day. So I appreciate that too. Um, next question I have is anything that's been on your heart or mind lately? It can be related to your book or what we're going to talk about today or just really anything. I think keep the faith is what's coming up for me right now. Mm. We all know like you get what you focus on and you create your reality. And I just feel like women right now are being stretched in multiple directions more than ever. Mm-hmm. And I think there's like, there's so much awesome, so many awesome things happening for so many career women. And I, and, and I know for myself included, I, I'm also, I've got a number of real personal challenges going on right now. And so it's like the temptation to get pulled into someone else's drama or mm-hmm. story, but like then forgetting all the amazing things that are happening. So I think that, um, I mean, it's always important to me, but the spiritual connection more than ever to just really remain grounded and mm-hmm. keeping the faith that everything is going according to plan. Yeah. You don't have to um, do things that don't feel good and actually you're not meant to and that keep the faith. It's all, it's all not going to work out. It all is working out. I love that. And it's like everything's happening for a higher good. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I myself needed that message, especially today, because last night I just felt like I'm being pulled in so many directions. I feel like I'm wearing multiple different hats, but I am not fully investing as much as I would like to into all those things. I just feel so stretched. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what's the point of all this? Like, why am I doing all this? Like, is there a reason for it? Um, and then it's, it's so easy, especially in those harder moments where you feel so like strung out almost to mm-hmm. not believe that it's for a reason or for the original uh, reason or idea of why you started the things or projects that you're doing. And it's easy to lose the faith, especially in that middle ground area. And I think that's totally. when we're the most challenged. And instead of leaning into the challenge, more digging deep into the faith of like, it's all going to, or it is all working out for mm-hmm. whatever the purpose is. I love that reminder. Um, in times like that for you, like, what is it that you lean into most? Is it prayer? Is it like meditation? Is it just digging deeper? Like what is your method with those times? Yeah, great question. So first it's, it's a conscious reconnection with source um, because if I'm feeling stressed or distracted or overwhelmed, none of that is truth. So I'm in an untruth right there. So connecting the source gets me back in truth. Truth to me means I have a divine assignment in any given moment. And when I'm, when I'm present to that, then it's just that. And my mind then doesn't get to wander because I'm present to the divine assignment. So mm-hmm. for me, I am a Capricorn also. So if I've got feeling, if I'm feeling stretched on these different directions, I will go and make my list. Like, okay, what is the priority today? What yeah. must occur today? What is today about Because I think we all have these future dreams and these big plans and goals and like Mm -hmm. we want to get there faster. We want things to be moving more quickly or, um, you know, have more of an instant outcome. And that's not necessarily what today is about. And so and then we miss out on the richness of today when we're future tripping. So I'll get grounded by making my list and then really appreciating and accepting what today is about Mm. but for example today my divine I have a few divine assignments one is to finish unpacking two is to show up and be fully present with the podcast interviews that I have today Mm -hmm. and 
enjoy a Mexican dinner with my husband tonight. Like Love it. That's, Friday, that's man. <laughs> yes. You know, and it's like all the other stuff and the what ifs of this and that. And it's no, that's there's I'm a I'm a big believer in not being like that woman at the airport that's got the bag that all this stuff is falling out of because she stuffed too much in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can use that as a symbol of our day. Like, are we trying to stuff too much stuff and answer too many emails or write too much copy or whatever it is someone needs to do? It's like, no. So I made my list of all the stuff that needs to happen. And I picked what are the necessary divine assignments for today that is not too little and not too much, but mm-hmm. just right. I love that. And especially with a list like that, you think divine assignment, you think like, oh, I must do all these million charity works and I have to be like so on top of my game for it to be a divine assignment. But it can be as simple as like dinner with your husband or just completing the tasks that are necessary for today because it's ultimately going to lead to that like divine purpose, I believe, in the end. But it's like those smaller steps right now and reworking them for ourselves, which I like that. I like and that the, idea. They're all divine. Yeah. You know, it's like having gratitude for my things. There was a time when I didn't even have the money to travel or the money for the things that I have today. So mm-hmm. I could get irritated. Like, I don't want to unpack. But it's like, I have beautiful clothes that I'm really grateful for. I mm-hmm. just got off a 45-day amazing trip in Italy. And I'm grateful for that, you know. And so just really getting in the glory of each moment and then like there's other things that I'm like everybody, you know, has planned to do, but my bandwidth, if I'm thinking that I need to unpack, I can't really with a clear mind, go look at this other creative project because it's cluttered with the divine assignment mm. today yeah, uh, or the hour. So yeah, sometimes the divine assignment is take a nap, take a bath, unpack. And sometimes it's, you know, go change the world. So you'll, you'll know in any given moment. I love that. Um, I want to get into you and your book. And I love a good origin story because what drew me to you especially was the fact that you've made all these huge strides in your life, but then you're also helping women now make them for themselves. So I want to go back to kind of the beginning for you. You describe yourself as what was a broke psychologist, and then you've made yourself into this multi-millionaire, which is incredible. And I just want to know like what you were back then, Gina, and like what were the steps that took you to this place and this idea of queendom and developing that for yourself yeah. and for women in general. Yes. Let's not, let's not forget the word struggling in there. I was a broke struggling yes. psychotherapist uh, because I was just hot mess express. I was super codependent. I grew up being the good girl and so compliant. It was so, so damn boring, mm-hmm. um, but it was just, you know, my way of being in the world in, in that level of unconsciousness. It was my programming. It was my conditioning. And I do go into more depth in that in the book, you know, that people typically, depending on what was going on in their home, you you grow up either compliant or defiant. Mm-hmm. And then we spend the rest of our lives really getting into our own alliance, in alliance mm-hmm. with our truth and who we really are. My journey really, it, it's probably like everybody else, we teach what we want to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, I was drawn to where, where the whole concept actually started was I wanted to get married. I wanted, I wanted to find my man. And when I got clearer about the type of man that I was looking for, I was studying archetypes at the type and at the time, and I was like, King, that's what I want. Mm. And then I realized I don't know anything about Kings. I was dating like the local loser rock stars of Detroit and buying them dinner and going to their gigs. Oh, no. So this wasn't like a King thing happening. <laughs> that was like and a so bunch I, of jokers. <laughs> 
Right. Totally. And so then I was like, well, I better start studying King. So I went and got all these books on like, you know, the empowered masculine and male psychology. And what I realized then was that the only rightful partner to a King was a queen. Mm. I was so far from that as well. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, better hightail it over into empowered feminine queenhood. Like, what is this? Mm -hmm. So um, I also grew up as a Christian reading the Bible and I'd read the story of Esther countless times, but there was this one time at this time in my life, in my late 20s, where the story leapt off the page. And Christians know the story of Esther from the Bible. Jews know the story from Purim. For everyone else, I'll give you a quick, it's a quick Cinderella story. Uh, Jewish orphan girl gets exiled from her country, ends up unbeknownst to the king, being chosen to be the next queen of Persia. There's a law issued to kill her and her people. She has to go expose and risk her life and share who she really is. The king grants her wish and she's the heroine of all time to Mm -hmm. me. I go into greater depth in the book, but the point is I realized that being a queen wasn't about being a princess and it wasn't just about the crown and the castle and the royal robes that for me, the true calling of a queen starts with the very ordinary orphan girl Mm -hmm. and inside all of us, we're just that ordinary woman. And we've all been on our heroine's journey to get to queenhood. I really believe that only from the position of queen can you fulfill your calling. Mm. So I'm glad that she's not a monk because I do like my castle and royal robes and and all of that. And I I love material grandeur. However, materialism without substance is really boring to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Substance without abundance is also a boring to me. So like I, I love the archetype because she's this masterful blend of it all. And I really got Esther's role as a queen was to save her people. And it just made me start asking the question, well, who are my people and who am I meant to serve and how am I meant to show up? Mm -hmm. So I started teaching these seminars called the Esther Experience. And then um, I had like a CD. This is like back circa 2004, five, six, somewhere in there. And um, the internet was just getting going with internet marketing. And I was trying to sell my CDs online. And everybody around me was asking me how I was doing that. They weren't buying my CD or my workshops. They were like, hey, how are you doing that thing online? So that's when um, I also realized that queens aren't broke and I was broke. So Mm -hmm. I started studying internet marketing and wealth consciousness and then teaching internet marketing to in the spirit of transforming my own money story. So all this to say the origin story was broke, struggling psychotherapist. I ended up moving to Los Angeles, became a life coach, and really encompassed and incorporated all of the growth and the healing that I had to go through to become the queen of my life, which included transforming my man story, my mother story, my money story, uh, having a sense of self, and then bringing my expression unapologetically into the world. I love that. And I... I love that you had that realization for yourself because I think I've, a lot of people go through life in from like, as you said in the book, like your seven-year-old self, what you knew to be true at that point in your life turns into beliefs about yourself and what you're meant for in the world and what you're even capable in the world. And I love that this idea and that story created an even bigger vision for yourself than you even realized was even possible 
Mm -hmm. um, which I think is really amazing because I, if we are looking from that like seven-year-old self, it's easy to just think, okay, I do this, this, I get married, I have kids, I get this one job and that's life. But there's so much more that could be possible, but it's hard to look at it from just what we are used to and what we saw as programming growing up. When it becomes this like whole other level of ourselves, I think the possibilities become endless, as you said. Mm -hmm. um, and I do want to break down the difference between the princess and the queen, because if you think about like princesses, you're like, oh, that sounds lovely. We were sold princesses growing up, especially in my day and age and the mm -hmm. 90s of like Disney and like being a princess and how amazing that is. But there's this like clear difference between the two that I would love for you to break down, because I think that's a huge game changer as far as developing a queendom self. Cool, cool. Yes. Yeah. So the way I delineate the different archetypes in the book, um, so there's a lot of different archetypes to help us see the different parts of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And princess is just one of them. So I think one of the ones, um, so a princess thinks that life is supposed to be perfect and then she becomes very confused and very distraught when it isn't and the difference is a queen kind of really embraces the totality of life a queen knows there's the life death life cycle the queen knows that life isn't always summer that there's then fall and autumn and leaves die and it's winter and then there's new life in the spring again. And it's like there's all these different facets of life and all the different emotional ranges and human experiences. And through it all, a queen values and prioritizes her connection with God, spirit, source, universe mm -hmm. to be in flow, always receiving guidance, always believing and knowing with certainty that her good is coming to her and flowing through her and that nothing bad can actually be happening and that it is all for our good. Mm -hmm. And the world doesn't teach us that. The world teaches us very much a princess mentality. When things go the way we want, we're happy. And when things don't go the way we want, we're sad or we're pouty or we get entitled depending on what the programming or the conditioning has been. Mm -hmm. The princess, one of the other aspects of the princess is she can be an avoidant princess. So I was very much an avoidant princess with money. I just wasn't going to look at my credit cards. I just wasn't going to look at the bank account. I just wasn't going to look at the bills coming in and just kind of like hope and do a spiritual bypass when I say mm -hmm. pray that it would all be fine. Where a queen can lean into some of the more, the personal challenges, like, okay, I'm realizing I'm afraid to look at what my financial condition is. However, I have the courage to take a look at the what so and create a solution around it. Mm -hmm. Or a queen's like, oh, like a princess is like, I'm overwhelmed. I wanna like bury my head in the sand. Uh, or go shopping and the queen's like, all right, let me take a look at what needs to happen today and go through this and accomplish this and delegate that and ask for help in this area um, and really follows her intuition with it. So I think the the to sum it up, the difference between a princess and a queen is emotional maturity. I love that. And you bring up a lot of archetypes and you spoke on some of them, but they I've noticed this as well, that we have certain archetypes that will sabotage maybe our path mm -hmm. to the queendom or whatever you want to call it, just internal voices or doubts or even external outside of us when we're comparing ourselves to other people or when things don't go exactly the way that we'd like them, if we're on a good path and all of a sudden we get bumped back, there's these other archetypes that kind of pull us back off of our path. Mm -hmm. um, can you describe a few of them for me? Because I was like, oh, I'm leaning into that one lately or I'm doing that one lately. Yes, yes, yes. Let's see. Which, 
what are some of the fun ones? You know, it's, fear is always funny when it's someone else's, right? So we'll like look at, um, well, there's the roller coaster rider. I think that's a pretty common one where it's like, okay, I'm going to start my podcast, make the money, do the media, whatever that is, like get my business off the ground. And then you hit some bumps along the way. And you're like, who am I to do this? There's no yeah. way this is ever going to happen. And everything that everyone else does t- turns to gold and like nothing I do matters or counts and no mm-hmm. one's watching. And then you stop for a while and then you're like, I don't know, read an Abraham Hicks book or something, listen to a podcast that peps you up and you're like, okay, I'm doing it. So this up, up and down and all around the way we kind of yo-yo diet with our life purpose and our businesses and our destiny um, is obviously not in service to us. There's, mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to be consistent and to drop the drama than all the flamboyance of the roller coaster rider. So I would say that's one. Um, the martyr is also a common one. Well, nobody's going to do it as well as I can, or, you know, if, if something's going to be done right, it's got to be done by me or who, if I don't do it, who will? The antidote to that is to really check in and start paying more attention to what feels good. Mm-hmm. And what feels good isn't always about feeling happy. It can feel right. It can, you can, even if you have to do something that's, that's difficult or challenging, you can still feel at peace and you can feel guided. So then there's, there's a good feeling in that. But when you get that pit in your stomach, when you start to feel resentful, mm-hmm. when you're um, angry, like those are just indicators to go in a different direction. So there's mm-hmm. the murder. Paranoid gangster is another one. I, you know, uh, I'm Sicilian. So that's why I was able to come up with that one. I can just go into trigger so quickly and start, and that comes from assuming things about people. Like I'll hear one piece of one person's version of something or see one email or one, t- and then just fly off the handle or jump to conclusions mm-hmm. if my queen is not in charge. And that's the paranoid gangster who's just like always assuming that someone else is like not doing what they said they were going to do or honor their word. Um, and then I think the last one I'll mention here, cause there's a lot in the book, but um, little miss perfect, I think gets a lot of women also like, I can't post that picture or make that post or do this thing or launch that program until everything is so perfect um, for fear of what other people you think other people are going to say. And spoiler alert, what I say in the book is what you're afraid of uh, that other people are going to say about you. They've already said it. <laughs> so it's all what you're afraid of has already happened and you're fine. So move forward. Yeah. And they've said that without you even taking those steps yet. So might as well take the steps because they're already yeah. going to say it anyways. I love all of those, especially the roller coaster and Little Miss Perfect. I was like, mm, that's very aligned and very easy for me to fall back into. Um, so I love that you have those categories for us to put them in perspective for ourselves, because when mm-hmm. they're described like that, it's so easy to identify. Um, and you keep bringing this up with this connection to spirit and source and how that you brought that up in the book a lot, but just mm-hmm. this connection to something higher than ourselves. It doesn't necessarily have to be like God or whatever that just whatever 
that is for you mm-hmm. and how that plays it into your success in life. Cause it seems like the two are very interconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like the thing that you lean on most, especially mm-hmm. when you're falling in and out of those, maybe those archetypes. So what is your connection to source? And for mm-hmm. those that are trying to find that for themselves, like, what do you recommend? Mm-hmm. So let's see, it's a great question. Where do I want to begin with it? So I'll just use God for me. Like that's, I've always had a relationship with God mm-hmm. and it has evolved over the years and it's become a lot more personal. Um, it's become a lot less overtly just religious yeah. um, where the, I mean, the Bible is very much my source, but I, I just incorporate that text and other texts um, in, in a very integrated way at this point. For me in reading so many of the different spiritual texts, you really get that we humans are operating typically from man-made laws. And man-made laws are different than spiritual laws. And spiritual laws are all lined up for our good, for our triumph, for our provision, for our abundance, for our safety. The reason why I more than ever lean into spiritual laws is it's just it feels so much better. And, you know, I mean, look, in any given day, we can have it, we have choice. And we can choose our feelings, basically. So I'll give you an example. So one of the reasons I was in Italy is because I have this dream of buying and restoring an Italian farmhouse. And this particular part of Northern, it doesn't matter, but Piedmont is the area that I love. So I was there looking, looking, looking in this like basically huge territory. It's like three hours, three or four hours across, three hours north to south. And finally, I found the the 20 minute radius that I want to be in, met so many cool people, like just knew that I knew that I knew. Here, I'll tell the story because it's probably, it's fun. Three years ago, I wanted to move to New York. And during that time, I was either reading or listening to a Gabby Bernstein book. And she was talking about her house hunt. And when she was talking to a spiritual advisor, the advisor suggested that she look for a sign Mm -hmm. um, to know which house was hers. And Gabby picked an owl. I think the other one picked a dragonfly or something. And I was like, Hmm, what what's mine? Because I'm looking for a house in New York. And so I said, I picked Ladybug. And so I would go about the New York housing angels and I didn't align at that time. Nothing happened. No ladybugs to be found, whatever. Totally forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Fast forward three years later, I'm in Italy looking for a farmhouse. It's not this, it's not that, it's not that. And then we walked into one and I was like, I think this is it, Glenn. Mm-hmm. I think like, it was like, I like, oh my gosh, like, like for so many years and so long in the search, and I'm like, I think, I think this is it. So we're like, okay, so we go after the viewing to uh, an aperitivo in the piazza with the realtor. And he's sitting there telling us about the property and the land and this and that. And, you know, he's like, you know, and there's someone else looking at it. Like, it, it's like, that's just sales, like whatever, yeah. I mean, especially Italians. So we're like, great, great, great. And he said, you know, my favorite restaurant is right near that house. And and he said, well, what? We said, well, what is it? We want to check it out. And he said, La Cuccinella, I think is how you say it. And I was like, great. So I wrote it down, not thinking a thing. And then he says, do you know what La Cuccinella means? And I said, no, what does it mean? And he said, ladybug. Wow. And I was like, I forgot about the ladybug. No so we're going to have this architect come look at it because we're going to do all these renovations. Literally the next day I called the architect and I got a call from that agent. The next day there was an offer that was made and it was sold and they didn't even give us a chance to counter offer. Mm. And it 
it was done and gone. So Glenn was upset. Why didn't they give us a chance to counteroffer? What's going on with Rosé? And I was like, well, first of all, it's Mercury in retrograde. So you don't have to be a witch to know this is going to fall out of contract. <laughs> but I was like, you know, I'm like the ladybug. It's like, yeah. I just, my point here to answer your question is we have a choice. When you're spiritually connected, I could have been like, that's not fair. And how come you didn't let us counteroffer? And just lost my dream home. And there's not hardly any inventory. And I could have this whole thing. Or the same outside circumstances happening. It was like, that's fine. They think that this is someone else's. They think that this has been sold. I knew differently. Glenn thinks I'm crazy. I was like, this is completely falling out of contract. It's still happening. Keep the faith. Yeah. So the next week, so we were renting this Airbnb that we've rented like for years. Every time we go into the area, it's, it's very much in the country. There are certain kinds of bugs in the country. There's moths and there's these other little kind of bugs that are there. So like, there's like, you see things, right? There's a little geckos running around, whatever. The day that I got the news that the house had been sold, I sat down to do my podcast and I looked and there was something crawling across the floor. And I was like, wait, what is that? And I got closer and I like called on. I was like, will you come look at this? I'm like, it looks like a ladybug. I, I need to make sure it's not a tick because I'm not like a bug expert here. I'm like, and I'm about to put this on Instagram. Look, there's a ladybug. In and my- it's a tick. <laughs> it's right. No, that causes Lyme disease, you know? Okay. But anyway, um, he's like, it's straight up a ladybug. Like I've rented this exact Airbnb for years. Never, you don't see a ladybug in this part. Like you don't, mm-hmm. you know, it's, there's literally a ladybug. So I was like, see, I knew it was happening. So whatever, we're, we were in Italy for two more weeks. I just kept, I said, well, if anything happens and it falls out of contract, let us know. And they're like, sorry. And we don't have anything else to show you for what you're looking for. And I was like, okay, no problem. So we literally flew back to Miami Wednesday. Yesterday, I get the WhatsApp message. Gina, we just want to let you know that that house fell out of contract. And are you interested? Oh my God. Like, this is what I mean, people. I knew all along, keep the faith that it is that or something better. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I wasn't even attached to it being that, but I didn't need to have, because of a spiritual connection and a belief that everything was always happening for our good, I didn't need to have an early experience, even when the external circumstances didn't look like what I exactly wanted. Yeah, I I think it's especially when you lean into it even more, it's just like it shows up for you. Yes. And the more you open you are to it, it will just come. And even if you're not, if you I think you've mentioned this before, but if you ask the universe source, whatever it is, I need this sign for me to believe or I need this sign to keep going. Can you please give that to me? And every time they show up, if you yes. just put it outside of yourself, which I'm going to do that more. That's inspired me. Yes. Yes. Expect it. Expect it. And there are scriptures in the Bible that say you can ask for confirmation of two to three times. So it's like, you know, some people want to call it a sign. Other people call it confirmation. You're not in this alone. Like you've got the universe supporting you. And if you're not sure one way or another, and you want to know that you're really being divinely guided, then ask for that confirmation. And it Mm -hmm. doesn't even just need to be one. It can be two, three, until you know that you know that you know that that's the path that you're meant to be on. Yeah. And I think the more that you develop that, it'll just become innate. Like it seems that you've gotten to that place. Ask until you're there. Yes. And that's more than okay too. Yes. Um, I want to connect that back to using the divine in order to find the purpose mm-hmm. and finding that for ourselves. Because I think that is the question of a lifetime is like, what is my purpose? Why am I here? How can I keep showing up for what I'm meant for? And you do this beautifully in the book of 
helping people to kind of find that for themselves. So can you talk me through that divine purpose that we're all seeking? Yes. So the first one is, and I'm going to say this with love because I don't want it to sound harsh. However, it's a little bit, it's a little bit arrogant to think that you don't have one. You know, like if everyone in the world has some sort of important purpose except you, it's really kind of this warped way of making yourself extra, extra, extra special. And so I just want to kind of level the playing field. Like we all have a divine calling and a divine purpose. And no one is more grand, more great, more glorious than anyone else's. So you've got to start with this belief and just eradicate all fear that someone else has a more important or more special calling than you. Somewhere along the line, like humans have been taught, like like we're supposed to know it all from the beginning. And yay for Taylor Swift, if she knew from the age of seven, she wanted to be a singer and that was her thing. Um, But most of us don't. And it's not like she's better because she always knew that. I think that really being on the journey and the adventure of life and not needing to know too much of the future You know, um, when COVID hit and everything and people were talking about uncertain times, uncertain times, I'm like, it's actually what I love. When when I know too much of what's happening, that's too rigid, routine, too boring. Like, where is the magic? Where are the miracles? Where is the spontaneity and the unexpected goodness that can come in? And so, I don't know, my relationship with God, I've never really gotten more than like three steps around the corner. Like I think and God's like, here, Gina, go do this and just stay focused. And then we'll give you the next step and the next step. Because <laughs> think about it. I'm 48 years old and I couldn't have possibly, when I was a little girl said, I want to be a transformational coach and, and have my work be broadcast around the world on the internet. Transformational coaching didn't exist. The internet, the internet didn't, didn't exist. exist. <laughs> like there was like so much that like, yeah. like, if I had to pick the thing that I knew that I was going to do, it didn't even exist. And how grateful am I that I get to do my work from anywhere in the world and do the work that I do. So one thing led to the next that led to the next. And so I think that when people are looking for their purpose, look in today, look in the now and just trust Mm -hmm. that it's all it's all for the glory. It's all for something phenomenal. Now, admittedly, there's a few more mountaintop experiences than others, you know, like I I love a live event and music and getting dressed up and, and being on stage and interacting with an audience more than I love going through a production schedule for, you know, what videos are coming out next, you know, um, but it's all part of it. But the, how are the people going to come to the live event or even know about it if they didn't probably see it, some sort of video online at some point. So I think just letting there be glory in in the here and now and trusting that if you do the divine assignment today, you're going to be led to the next one and the next one. And it's not all step-by-step step because when you take a couple of steps mm-hmm. then there's quantum leaps that definitely do come in and show up. And so not just trust, but like cultivate a knowing that your divine assignment is so glorious and important and needed. Yeah, I love that. It's not even like you need to know exactly what the divine assignment or, or divine purpose is. It's just like the trust and the faith that these divine assignments are leading you in that direction. Yes. And continuing to reinforce that no matter what little thing is thrown your way along the way. Because I, I too believe that they're all connected, even if it doesn't seem like it Absolutely. right now. They're all going to lead somewhere ultimately where you're supposed to mm-hmm. be going, which I love. Um, So ground the conversation a little bit. I want to 
ask, like for someone who's wanting to start this journey towards like queendom, faith, all of the things in order to find this purpose or, or in order to feel like they're on the right track, like what are some practical steps that we should take mm-hmm. like today, even including reading so, your book, which I recommend. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, you know, it's not just about self-promotion, but I do believe that if this conversation is really of interest to you, it, it is what my book is for. P.S. My book isn't anything like I thought it was going to be. So like it took on a life of its own mm-hmm. and it really is, I feel like a gateway book for women who are desiring the more expansive experience in life from spiritual connection to just a, a joyful life to feeling more solid and confident in themselves and, and having the tools. And there's exercises in there. There's prayers, there's meditations, there's um, letters that you can write to yourself and other people. So there's some real practical elements in, in there as well. And I would say filling yourself up with this information. I think that the other thing is we have functioned for so long, like basically like starving spiritually or starving in terms of psychological growth. And so immerse yourself, immerse yourself. So whether it's podcasts or other books or taking people's programs or signing up and and getting yourself coaching, I I know that so much of what I am living today is because the level of priority that I made in educating myself, investing in myself, prioritizing not just Mm -hmm. career success, but also personal success. And personal success comes from feeling safe in the world and feeling at peace and and being in love with yourself. And then therefore you can love others so much more deeply. So there's a lot of this in my podcast as well. So if you want to uh, subscribe to the Divine Living podcast, uh, we can share it probably more at the end. I do have a free companion course that goes along with the book. So some real actionable uh, kind of step-by-step workbooks and, and videos and pieces that can go along with helping you uh, get rooted more deeply rooted in your queenhood. And I love the exercises too, because I love a good workbook. Mm-hmm. I'm a homework girl. Mm-hmm. I'm into all of the self-work stuff. So I was very aligned with that as well. So I, I, I like I said, definitely recommend it and I'll link everything cool. in the show notes. But I, I want to ask too, cause you brought up this thing. And I think you brought this up on other podcasts before of just like reworking and rethinking for yourself when you're given harder things or when things don't work out how you thought they were going to work mm-hmm. out. It's like for your example, with the house mm-hmm. that happened um, and you have this little exercise that I love. So can you walk me through how we can do that for ourselves? Oh, are you referring to I'm thrilled this is happening because? Yes, I am. Okay, cool. <laughs> great, great. Um, so and I have recently kind of broadened the definition of thrilled. So mm-hmm. in the book, I do have an exercise that came from a very um, scary time in my life. I was uh, apparently a witness in a legal matter. And so I was getting deposed and subpoenaed and had a testify for a grand jury. So it was a very scary time, even yeah. though I had nothing to do with what was going on. And so I was angry at God that I was like, why are you letting this happen to me? And why am I getting sucked into all this? Like, And it was so painful. But when I prayed, I said, "What? what is the solution? And it's like the the words just fell in front of me, almost like they were physical. And I said, I'm thrilled this is happening because. Mm-hmm. And of course, the resistance hit. I was like, what do you mean I'm thrilled this is happening? And so then I, I started playing with it. But I when I said, I'm thrilled this is happening because. So we create these neurological pathways where it's like, like doing sit-ups and like just building these muscles, muscles, muscles. So it's like, I was like, this is awful. This is unfair. This is terrible. This is painful. Like So it's like over and over and over again. So then I'm thrilled this is happening because I could like feel my 
brain, like literally it was like turning the Titanic around. Mm -hmm. And I was like, um, I get a free trip to Washington, DC. We got to go testify. I'm like, okay. I get to see friends in DC that I hadn't seen in a while. And I was like, oh, okay. And then like, I started to see the good that was coming. Um, a lawyer had stepped up for me at the time and was going to do it pro bono. I was like, okay. And then I started applying this to every other circumstance, like even the gnarly ones when I had like clients complaining or asking for a refund, not demanding a refund, like all the stuff that I thought was so awful. Mm -hmm. I'm thrilled this has happened to me because, okay, I wasn't thrilled that the client was demanding a refund. But when I say I'm thrilled, I looked for the lesson in it. Mm -hmm. I, at the time, didn't have my systems and structures set up. I didn't have client. I was a solopreneur, happy to get someone who wanted to work with me, didn't sign a contract, didn't have, you know, the, the proper business structures in place. So I'm thrilled it happened because I wanted to be a real businesswoman. And to be a real businesswoman, you got to have that, that stuff happening. Yeah. Um, I've shared someone openly recently. Um, there's addiction that runs in my family and it has reared its ugly head again. And I was like, oh. And there's children involved and it's a good thing. So I was like, well, Gina, you didn't write in the book. I'm thrilled this is happening because except when a family member has an addiction and there's children involved, like you don't get a pass. Yeah. And I was like, this is awful. Everything about it's terrible. And I'm like, I had to like do my work. I'm like, I'm thrilled this is happening because. So with that particular one, I couldn't anchor into the, the feeling of thrilled. Mm -hmm. um, so I had to expand it. So if anyone else is dealing with like, you can't get the exercise, like I'm thrilled, AKA, trusting that all good will come from this and all the people involved though they're going through a challenging situation this will make them stronger and it is actually in alignment for their destiny and their good mm. so then I can be thrilled about that yeah so I'm thrilled this is happening because and I have found that every time when you, so you, when you dig in and no matter what your circumstances are that you don't like, if you say, I'm thrilled this is happening because it, it creates an opening. And my friend, Marsha Martin taught me this, the universe looks for openings. So when you're open to a different solution, when you're mm. open to a different outcome, when you're open to a different feeling, then the universe can swoop in. Uh, yeah, it has to start from there. I, I love that. And I love the way that you work with mindset, especially because I, I, I believe is everything. And that's always been what my dad taught me is like you control mm -hmm. what your mind goes to. So like you need mm -hmm. to you you have the power to do that, but only you can do it. And then when you do that, then the universe and everything else can show up for you because you're like you said, you're open to it and you're um, allowing yourself to rethink some negative things or whatever those things are. It's also reminding of the thing of people say it's like showing up and saying I have to do something versus showing up and saying I get to do something. And mm -hmm. it's rethinking those little details, but that can change so much as you've shown. So thank you for that. Um, I think last question I have on this is just like mindset wise and business related. Like what do you say is like the best way to move forward in business? You seem to have like captured what the ultimate mindset is as far as success and things like that in business. Like what would you, if you could describe it in one way, what would it be that's worked for you? So ask yourself the question, what's the most pleasurable way for you to serve make money, make your contribution, uh, get your message out into the world. I think that there's so much programming around just do it, fake it till you make it, yeah. hustle, massive action that doesn't take into account 
pleasure. And when when you're working in a pleasurable way, that unleashes passion. And we know that there is nothing more attractive, more alluring, more convincing than a woman who is filled with passion and play and adventure. And whether she's talking about a Facebook ad funnel or making pasta or parenting tips or whatever, like when, when someone's obsessed, it's, it's the way we humans are, are meant to live and thrive. So, and I think that also post COVID something I've really been noticing personally with myself and also with my clients as well, the universe isn't really giving us a pass anymore for being able to do things that we can do. And what I mean by that is we're all talented. We're all multi-passionate. We all can do a lot and it's, but we've gotten psychologically and emotionally lazy looking around at what are other people doing to get success. And it's like, Oh, I should do that too. It's like, I think the universe is so craving in this Aquarian age, our individuality, Mm -hmm. our, our unique expression. And so just because you've done something in the past that's worked, or you see other people that have done the challenges or do this or like, I don't think that even being willing to work hard is going to get you what you're looking for anymore. That you really daring, daring to go for pleasure. Like what is just so exciting to you? What could you just like breathe? Like the thrilled, talk about like, what is that for you? Um, And I'll I'll share a quick example so you can ground into it so so you can help better see what it is for you. So this happened to me back in the day. My clients were asking me to teach a sales program because I had gotten effective in sales. And I never really saw myself teaching sales. It was not really what I'm here for, but enough of them were asking and I thought, fine. So I put together a program and 125 people signed up for it, which for me at the time was a big deal. I was used to like 10 people in my programs. And so I was like, well, this is amazing. This served a lot of people. It made a lot of money. It's a skill set that comes easily at this point to mm-hmm. me. Let's teach sales superstar too. Like mama didn't raise no fool. <laughs> and so at the time I had like 5,000 people on my list. I had 125 happy campers and sales superstar one. And I roll out sales superstar two. And I had five people sign up. Hmm. Like, and I was like, what just happened? And I realized I, I didn't ask. God, I didn't ask source, like, am I meant to? I just thought that I could do it Mm. and that it would make money and that it would serve people. The universe is so loving. That wasn't good enough. Yeah. And so I got the divine assignment quickly and I understood the assignment (laughs) and I went into, okay. And I said, so what's the most pleasurable way for me to work and make a significant amount of money? Instantly, I saw destination intensives. And as a former psychotherapist turned transformational coach, the way that I love working the most with people is to be in the room in a luxurious setting, doing like for a full day, focusing on someone's life and mm-hmm. at the time business. So I was like, I've never been to the Ritz in Paris. I want to do an intensive there. I love the Lanesboro in London. Let's do it there. What about a Riyadh in Marrakesh? Yes, please. A villa in Provence. Yes. And I think there's something on a Greek Isle. So I put together five destination intensives in these luxurious settings, charged 15,000 for the day per location. And in five days, seven of them sold out. Wow. Like that. And so I want to share this story to illustrate passion. I am obsessed with transformation. I'm obsessed with travel. I'm obsessed with luxury. I'm obsessed with, I'm so high touch, not 
uh, high touch, low tech. I'm not high tech, low touch. And so this was just all in alignment with everything that I was so passionate about. So it's not about what can you do that will serve or make money, but what are you passionate about? Mm. Pleasurable. It's one of those good examples of like, if you're thinking from maybe your ego self or not from that faith self, you'll, you'll, those ideas will come in and you'll not trust them because you'll be like, no one's done that before. No one goes to Paris and has these events. No one's able to sell them out. If you leaned into that part of it, that would have never happened and it wouldn't have shown up like it did. So I love that example. Exactly. I mean, you know, I should have thought, well, Gina, if you can't sell a 495 teleclass <laughs> on sales, there's no way you can sell a, a luxury intensive in Paris for 15 grand. Mm. And that's not the way the universe works. I agree. Gina, I have like one, two more questions. They're my final questions. Yes. They're very simple uh, to end us off. I'll start with anything that you've like ever shared or overshared that you wish you could take back, say differently or rethink. Mm. I don't know if it's, for me personally about oversharing. One of the skill sets that I had to learn was how to speak the truth in love. So I am obsessed with results. And when people, when clients would come to me to get results, it was kind of like a surgeon. I would laser in and the intention was to help people. But I know that there were many people that did not walk away feeling that they were cared for um, and possibly even helped. Mm. And so over the years, I have really had to work on speaking the truth in love so that I can be effective and, and do the work that I'm meant to do, but also say it in a way, you know, I've learned br brutal honesty is just brutal. Yeah. You know, it's not really... That. So I think that I, I've never been one of those, like, let me tell you about everything in my life. Um, and I wish I could take that back person, but I have definitely said things that has, that's had a sting in it mm -hmm. that I've uh, honed over the years. I love that. Yeah. It's harder, especially with things like that people care so deeply about and like, you want to hear it cause you want to change it. But sometimes it's like a lot all, all at once. You almost need to take yes, those baby steps. And then there were also um, conversations with team, like kind of like my viewpoint on what I thought a leader was like, how you were supposed to say things if you were going to be a great leader. And so I've also learned with team um, how to soften it, but not soften the delivery, but not soften the message. Mm. Uh, Gina, what do you want to be known for or remembered by? Ooh, that is a good one. You know, I don't have kids, so I know there's like so many women that talk about like leaving my legacy and like, that's not my thing. What do I want to be known for? I remember by something about living life to the fullest that um, I think a lot of us have gotten great at divine working, but we haven't as much prioritized divine living. Mm. And I think that living life to the fullest is not just about the career. Yeah goals and accolades that I used to be more singularly focused on, um, but really having a, just such a high quality of life. And so people remembered that I lived that way and modeled that way and that it made a difference for them to do mm -hmm. so, that I would be happy. Yeah, because it's not all one-sided. It's like, why have all of the career and all of the success if you're just going to only do that? Like it's having that full mm -hmm. life, which is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Last question. Um, what's one last piece of advice that you could give us? It could be related to all the things that we've already talked about or just one last little piece of advice. Your good is coming to you. Keep the faith. Mm. I love it. 
I'll end it on that. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being here, Gina. Where can everyone find you? Get the book, your podcast, all of the yes, things. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. What great questions and, and what a juicy conversation. Um, come on over to divineliving.com. I think you'll find everything there. If you go to divineliving.com forward slash book, um, you can see all the places to get the book globally. If you go to divineliving.com forward slash audacity, that's where you can get the free companion mm -hmm. course to the book. Uh, subscribe to my podcast, Divine Living, keeping it simple. And you can find me on Instagram at Gina Dibby. I love it. Thank you so much for being here. I love this conversation and I'm excited to keep following along. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you have a great day. Queen, how much did you love this episode? Isn't Sydney just such a love. I mean, just such a cool human, such a cool human who just knows how to show up for life and show up for others. We just really, really enjoyed our connection. Um, and I can't wait for you to experience part two um, of when I interview her. So part of what is so powerful is women coming together in community. So I want to remind you about the brand new Divine Direction Domination Elite Mastermind that I am hosting with my dear friend, Danelle Delgado. Domination is all about you creating dominant thoughts that will totally create quantum leaps in your life. That's right. So starting in January, you are going to have weekly calls with me and Danelle where you are just going to be so lifted up, so filled up and to be around the other women in the program as well. Plus, we are going to conclude with a tropical two day retreat. This is very, very limited space are very limited. We're keeping this small. I think there's only about 35 women that we can fit into the program. So please go to the link in the show notes, divineliving.com forward slash domination, where you are just going to see how your life can get reimagined. I know that we are all just, just looking around the corner about what's next for us. And I would be so honored to mentor you, to guide you. I know Danelle will be as well. The two of us together are such powerhouses and you are a force within you. And we're just here to love you into your greatness. Plus teach you and train you on what we know about creating uh, multiple seven figure businesses and new opportunities and living from a place of pleasure and joy. So come join us, divineliving.com forward slash domination has all of the program details.